Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is Spider-Man Cooper, gang. We're back. <laughs> you already view Spider-Man Cooper. Yes, and now we're back. It's two on the nose. It's not on the nose. <clears throat> I think I said that last time that it was two on the nose. Yes, and Spider-Man Cooper is back. All right, well. Uh, another return. He's excited. Everybody uh, can probably tell what movie we're going to be talking about, and that is... Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yes, before he was into the Spider-Verse. Now, now he's all it. across it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Cooper only talks in third person, I've decided. No, please do not do that. He's decided, I mean. that Everybody will hate it if we had to do the whole podcast where you're talking in third Spider-Man person. Spider-Man Cooper will love it. It's also really rude to do for a movie like this. Exactly. Yeah, so let's drop that. Mm-mm. Let's continue the it's conversation. so annoying. Okay. Uh, for, I can already tell that you're going to ruin this podcast. I'm episode. not going to ruin it. I'm excited. Let's you're, get You're going to talk in third person the entire movie long for no reason whatsoever. Let's get right on into it. All right. So this is the sequel to the huge smash hit. The Probably a big, like, Bro, uh, it's not as big. What? You're like stuttering so much. Well, okay? I'm really having to like, I'm just imagining you talking in third person for this whole conversation. Oh my God. And it's making me so irate. I could barely Spider-Man Cooper breathe. literally isn't even doing that. It's also not, that's so annoying you're going to do that. <sighs> I'm not even going to talk then. You can do the whole podcast by yourself. All right, guys. So we're talking about uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And honestly, it, this is, as, as my father was trying to say before, it is a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh as he was trying to say once That's more. not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to say was... smash hit. Um, uh, you know, everyone knows this movie. Everyone, lo- everyone loves this movie. and uh, it, it is universally beloved by babies, five-year-olds, and movie critics alike. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those movies. Just one of those movies, you know? My little brother's been watching this movie, or the original one, like, was watching it, like, every day. Yeah, I know a lot of, um, like, a lot of little kids that watch it, and it's, it's... Unlike a Pixar movie, which, you know, obviously classic Pixar movies are fantastic and works of art in their own way. But this uses a very specific type of animation style. Mm-hmm. And it's just so creative. And I, for a big blockbuster movie about one of the biggest superheroes of all time, it's kind of crazy how much the animation, how unique the animation style was into the Spider-Verse. 
Yeah. And this really like they really lean into the the creativity and like for how big it is, it's crazy how much like free will they've been given. Mm-hmm. Just like they really just it was a lot of fun. I'm excited to. Yeah, the first movie was mixing different kind of art styles from, you know, street art, like graffiti art, uh, to old school, was it like Dot Matrix, um, uh, newspaper cartoons, like from the original Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so many different types of art styles they were using, and in this, they just amp it up. They do add some CGI into it. They add, you know. We can, yeah. Live action stuff into it. It was so crazy. Legos. Lego yeah. stuff. Yeah, they really, I mean, every time one of these uh, movies comes out, they just show how reserved the live action multiverse things have been. Yeah, you know? it's like this movie did what like Doctor Strange was trying to do. Yeah, and, and Doctor Strange would do it in fits and starts, but we didn't get to spend any time there. Yeah, and this kind of elevated it. Uh, I think, yeah. personally. And they then, saw, they saw uh, everything everywhere all at once and said, mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and then, obviously, we had a Spider-Man movie that had multiverse stuff in it, but it just pretty much took place in one universe. One universe. Just had, you know, characters. From other ones. Yes. And there was a funny little call-out. To that. To them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't seem very impressed with that universe or that Peter Parker. Yeah, he thinks they think they're goofy. Yeah, or Doctor Strange. Um, but yeah, before Maybe. we get into it, uh let's get a quick plot synopsis from you. And this should be a Easy. doozy. Easy peasy? A doozy poozy. Dude, what am I gonna do? It's a it's half <laughs> of a movie. Yes, we'll we'll address the half of the movie thing, but um how am I gonna do this? I think there's there's one main Oh, God. I believe in you. You're known. You're known for being able to do this and pull it off. All right, gang. I'm just going to lean over here. Y'all ready for this? It's going to be short. One to two sentences. Just a real quick plot synopsis. There is a new villain amongst us, amongst the spider people, and his name is The Spot, and he has magical dimensional abilities. They're not magical. They're ma- but okay. They're powerful. Okay. What do you? What is it? Scientific. It's not magic. Scientific magic. It's not magic at all. What is it? Scientific powers. I don't know. It's science fiction. Oh my god! It doesn't matter. There's still powers. And this, uh, we also meet a bunch of sp- the the spider the spider gang the spider people crew of cool of cool. This and is so bad. And we had to defeat the spot. <laughs> Did it, guys? Nope, not really. I think that's it about. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Close enough. But uh, essentially, this new villain, the spot, opens up a. He's able to create interdimensional portals at will, which calls, brings him to the attention of a multiverse fighting spider squad that it consists of hundreds of spider. Men, women, people, animals uh, from across every conceivable universe. And they are in charge of protecting the multiverse. Yeah, protecting like multiversal anomalies. Mm -hmm. And a really fun bit of meta commentary 
they are protecting the canon. Yes. They can't allow any non-canon events was really to cool. happen. I did like that. Or else it'll ruin specific universes. The Spider-Verse. So, um, this movie's, if you didn't notice from even that little canon thing, it's an incredibly intelligently written movie, not just because it has all this meta-commentary or commentary on comics in general and how they work, but because it also is a really emotional story that like t- talks about universal themes of, you know, growing up, family, uh, family, love. yes, um, and it does it in a really mature way. Mm-hmm. The parents are not just uh, big bullying ogres. You know, they all have legitimate reasons to feel the way they do and motivations to act the way they do. They also show the the teenagers as being equally fully formed people, mm-hmm. you know, who are just doing their best. Um, and then you add on top of that, uh, pretty shockingly well done, uh, you know, budding romance story. Yeah. It could have come right out of uh, any YA novel, but it's done in a much better way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're not going to say anything well, else. I, well, what do you want me to say, man? Continue. I don't, that's, not how, that's not how podcasts work. I don't tell you what I want you to say. No, bro. You're just talking. You're just going. I think that one of the interesting things to me is both. I think Gwen is probably 16. I think she's like a year older than him. Probably. And probably. Um, Miles is 15. He is, but, which was shocking. But they're having to make these incredibly difficult decisions that are not what's in a normal YA love story. I mean, I guess it depends on what the book is, but I mean, Gwen's having to make choices all the time about like essentially never seeing him ever again, mm-hmm. you know, making a choice she feels like she must make to protect everybody. The whole world. Whole. Yeah. All the worlds. Um, and even though it's seen, we'll see how it plays out because. I guess we should get the elephant out of the room. This is only half of a movie. This is a half a movie, gang. They did. They said to be continued at the end of this movie, and yeah. I'd never been more upset in my whole entire life. And it's not like it ends with like one of the stories wrapped up. None no of nothing stories. is wrapped up. Yeah, they want they want Spider Game and Spider at the end of this, end man. Yeah, but even, I honestly feel like um, if the movie wasn't so good, people would have been a little bit more upset about uh, critically because like. We had like was it Infinity War in the end game? Mm-hmm. So Infinity War got like knocked pretty hard for being an incomplete movie. Yeah. But from the critics, I mean. And then Endgame wrapped up and it got great reviews. But I was kind of surprised that no everyone just seems perfectly fine with this ending right in the middle of the movie. Now I am too. I never have a I don't have an issue. If you want to make a movie and you feel like it needs to be Four hours long or whatever. I just wish they would have done that, though. They should have made a four-hour-long movie or said or just not released this until a year later or waited for the other part to be ready before they released it because I cannot handle. I have to wait a whole long year. Not even a year. Comes out in March? Yeah. It's June? Yeah. June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. That's 10 months. That's not that long. I have to wait 10 whole Dad, do you know how much goes on in ten months? I'm gonna be a seventeen year old man. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be off at war probably. You're gonna be off at war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With who? I, 
I'm probably I'm gonna have found love. I'm gonna have got. I probably would have become the CEO. My whole mindset would have changed. For all we know, I'm gonna be like this emo uh, uh, rock star in a year. We have no or in ten months. My guess is you'll still be sitting in your room playing Fortnite and talking. In Stop saying I play Fortnite. Idiotic voices too. Uh, you were just playing Fortnite. I was just playing Legend of Zelda. But were you also not just playing Fortnite? Nope. You're such a huge liar. I can't believe you'd lie to your fans. Nuh uh. It's one thing to lie to your enemies, but to lie directly to your fans. I haven't played it in like three days. Uh, no, it's like three weeks. I literally walked into the room the other night. I was like, you think this is really going to work? The internet's going to work for this game? And you're like, I just was playing Fortnite. Oh, yeah, I did win. I won. So I won there we go. But that was like that was like a, two weeks ago. Okay, whatever. Don't say whatever. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of changes in a year, and now I'm going to wait ten entire months, and I'm going to be uh very sad because I'm going to forget all the things that happened. We had to do that when Lord of the Rings came out. We had to wait a year between every single one of the oh movies, and they all God. end on a cliffhanger. You're so ancient. No one cares about the Lord of the Rings movies when they were coming out back then. Or whenever people were watching Star Wars, yes, I know, people had to wait for the Hoth movie or whatever. And those were like four or five-year waits. Yes, Dad, I love all those movies, but this that was but, back But all this the way. is happening to me. Yeah, this is happening now to me. That was in the dinosaur days. You, do, you, do you care when a meteor hits the dinosaurs? Would you care yes. if the meteors hit you? Which one's a, more important? This is the most idiotic example. The <laughs> point is you're not even having to wait a whole year. It's not that big of a deal. Enough. But I do think that the, it's worth mentioning that this movie is so well done that the critics don't seem to care. Even the negative reviews of the movie, none of them have said it's only half a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. And to your point about like... Uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply releasing a four hour long movie or whatever think about how much money it costs to create a movie like this and then how much money it costs to create a movie it's four hours long right yeah and then you're gonna get paid once true instead of getting paid two times <laughs> they yes. can release it a two-hour movie and then release another two-hour movie and you bought a ticket for each one of those instead the movie theater is gonna have to get their whole salon booked out for four hours at a time for this movie, they can only do like three screenings a day. Yeah, but and they only get. But I'm sure they would $10. have every single theater having that movie. It'd be the biggest movie of all time. Of all time, you can't you can't release a cartoon movie that kids are going to go see that's four hours long. That movie was just it was just it's, this movie is just so good, and I'd never been more sad when it was over. Yeah, so gotta, was I. We gotta we gotta start talking about the 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 meat and potatoes. I think this is the meat and potatoes. Uh, talking about the fact that this movie is in a f 
four hour movie is not the meat and potatoes. That's like we'll talk about the fact that it's a half of a movie. Also, I, I, whenever you say potatoes, it just sounds like so old man. It just sounds <laughs> like you were born in the dinosaur <laughs> That's days. That's why I like saying potatoes. Um, well, we, we need to take a break now, so let's go ahead and just take a break a little bit early. About thirty. Well, you have thirty seconds to kill. Oh, what can we do in thirty seconds? Um, nothing. Oh God, you're you're worthless. That I already talked for a you're long time. You're terrible in a pinch, though. I'm not in a pinch. You just would leave us here with dead air. No, you were in dead air. Well, I just thought it was important to tell everybody that the movie does end right in the middle, and it is. A, it is. So that makes it kind of hard to like know what the themes of the movie are. But as soon as we get back from this break, I do want to talk about some of the themes that so far we ha- they haven't congealed as. A, as to exactly what they're going to mean yet. Mm-hmm. I have my fork and knife ready to pops. Ready right, to we're already done. I already ended us. Now you went overtime. No. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our, our sponsors. sponsors. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So as I said, I want to talk about like the, the themes that I think are kind of unresolved because we only have half of a movie. Yes. So, and, and it could be that they're deconstructing it. What? When, <laughs> I, I was like, it could, I was pivoting. It could be that they're deconstructing the themes that for a Spider-Man to be a Spider-Man, he needs to have a tragedy or a sacrifice. That's yeah. something they're exploring. And they did that, and they did something similar in the first movie, talking about like every Spider-Man always gets back up or whatever. And right. it's also the same thing about tragedy. Yeah, and, and it's it's been something that people have complained about with superheroes in general, which is that people in their lives. A lot of times it is women. In Spider-Man, though, it usually is his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, are just used as a tragedy for this hero story. So the person who actually dies, it's not about their life or legacy or whatever. You know what I mean? It's about the how only how it impacted somebody else. I kind of find that argument um, simplistic and uh, what's a nice way of saying stupid? stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Moronic? Yeah, it's more, it's, it's idiotic because a lot of times that is what happens you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of um great leaders and terrible dictators uh monstrous people and amazing people who their parent or a loved one in their life died tragically and it's caused them to become the person that they were you know what i mean yes it it moved them and it doesn't doesn't mean that the other person's life's not worth celebrating but like if uh, let's say your six-year-old you know, sister died of uh, by getting shot or died of cancer, or died of AIDS or whatever. Like, how much are you going to – what the whole movie is supposed to be about, like, w- what a profound person she was from ages one through six? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just saying I, it, it's a story trope that has been around since the very beginning, and the reason is because it's compelling and people can understand it. Yeah, it's like kind of like – um, it's like the most – because obviously everything in your life affects you, but this is like the most like obvious and kind of like exaggerated point. So it's not just like oh their death and then they don't matter. It's just kind of like a a thing that affected them heavily, right? Something important, impactful. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with them exploring or deconstructing that notion that that must happen. You know what I mean? Why must a Spider-Man have a tragedy in his life in order to do whatever? Yes. Um. I'm going to guess that the movie's probably not going to be do a big twisty in a, the second part. A big twisty? Yeah, in the second part where it ends up not being about deconstructing that. Because right now you have um, basically all the Spider-Men. You know, we have, and he mentioned this insane voice cast. It's like 
the biggest group of Ivan Castles pulled up celebrities. But you have uh, Oscar Isaacs, who plays the uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah, I didn't who, know that. who plays what's it? The Spider Man is it thirty forty nine twenty ninety nine twenty ninety nine? Yeah, we obviously have, we have Jake Johnson returning. Jake Johnson comes back. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, which he's a red Scarlet, Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider, yeah, yeah, quite funny. Um, but yeah, so we have all these spider people and things, but they're all Jack pretty much Wade. Who was he? Right, Peter- we're not just doing fun trivia of random I names. I didn't even know he was in it. The point is that they all are on board with this idea of sacrifice and that you can't go into another multiverse and save somebody. You know, that's not part of the canon, right? Mm-hmm. And it can destroy the universes. Now, it seems like they have a pretty compelling point that if you go in there and start disrupting the canon, that the whole universe falls apart. Yes. So it doesn't seem like they're wrong. Maybe they're going about it a bit too aggressively, especially um, the 2099 Spider-Man. What is what is his name? That, Spider-Man 2099. Oh, my God. What is the—he's not, he's not a Peter Parker. He has a different name. Miguel. Yeah, Miguel. So he's obviously a bit too intense about how he's going to go about stopping certain things from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it seems like they have a pretty compelling argument. However, it does seem like the point of the movie is that Miles' rejection of the notion that that sacrifice is needed, that kind of sacrifice is needed, is the right perspective. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to tell because Gwen seems like the more responsible one who's willing to make the sacrifices, willing to not go see her friends, you know, ever again. Yes, even though she does break their rules and go see him. In the first place. Yes. And Miles is a little bit more reckless. You know what I mean? He's uh, always getting, he's always breaking his groundings. He follows her through a tunnel, even though he's not supposed to. Um, He's not following the rules, but he's not following the rules in order to save people. So it's an interesting, I don't know, it's two interesting things at play here, where one of them is about you must, there's always going to be sacrifice, and sometimes it's going to be tragic sacrifice. And then Miles, saying, no, we don't have to do that, and we can save everybody. Yes. I mean, that kind of seems like it's a big theme in the movies. We can do both. Yes, and I and I, I can't really tell, I like I, is it like a maturity thing? Like, is it like this like kind of idea of him, like, because he's young. He's like 15, as we know. Mm-hmm. So is it that, is it like he's holding on to that, like, innocence of the world? Because that's, that's what I'm getting personally. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is because if the themes are going to end up going citing full, I feel like these movies are, like I said, they're really, really well written and there's a lot of depth there. So I'm hoping they'll really stick the landing because I don't think I'd love the idea if we go into this next movie and the big lesson is they all learn that you don't have to, you know, there's always a way to save every single person and but there's no sacrifice I or think, tragedy needed. I think that's kind of too. I don't know. I don't know what the idea of it. Too dumb. Uh, not because it's like, not for any particular reason, but I feel like if it, it's like. You're saying it's too dumb in the sense that you don't think they're going to do that because it's too. No, I think what you're saying is kind of dumb. Oh, that I don't want them to do it. Yeah. And you're saying like, oh, it, that everyone can do anything, save the whole world. I think it's kind of like a, a, a dumbing it down of what the idea of it is. I feel like it could be something more like we don't have to follow the 
the just just the the the, the social norms or whatever if it, like if it, you don't have to do that and if if it benefits everyone why can't you at least try you know i feel like there could be a lot of things i feel like it could be more fun than just like everyone must die i didn't say that i know you didn't say that so who's who's being dumb now who's dumbing things down now oh my god is it you you oh, no you are the dumb one <laughs> all i'm saying is the notion in a spider-man movie that the big the big teaching moment that every other spider-man gets from miles a 15 year old is that there doesn't have to really be any sacrifice we can actually just save everybody and you guys in your old boomery ways where you think that people just can die and there's some people you're not going to be able to save is dumb because we live in a magical new 15-year-old land oh my God. where there is no problems and we can save all the people in the whole wide world. I feel like See, that's what I'm saying. I feel like you're putting a lot of um, uh, personal experiences into this. I'm just saying if you're going to deconstruct Spider-Man, Spider-Man has always been defined by the, by the notion that he – tries to do good no matter what even at great personal sacrifice mm-hmm. that's a huge part of what makes spider-man spider-man so if you're going to take that away and you're going to deconstruct it and you think you have a better idea well, i'm sure i'm just hoping that they stick the landing but but, the, but miles is making a sacrifice he's basically rejected every single person that he ever liked and was ever friends with so he can save his father because he disagrees with what they're saying so I feel like that is still a sacrifice, just in a different way. It's not him saving everyone just because he gets, he lost all of his friends. He has no friends right now, as far as he knows. That's not nearly the same thing. But it's no, it's not the same. But it's still a sacrifice nonetheless. It's not. It wasn't even a sacrifice because it wasn't his choice. What do you mean? They locked him in a cage and said, "You have to sit in this cage until your dad yes, dies." But then, his, but then he then he escaped, and his friends were trying to help him, and he said, "No." And he left. They weren't trying to help him. They were trying to catch him. But some of them were trying to help him. They weren't. Dad, you're dumb. You're not paying attention to the movie. Even if they were trying to help him, he didn't think they were trying to help him. Yeah. There was was a loss of trust, and he lost that. There's a lot of sacrifice. No, it's not even close to the same thing. Whatever. That's what I'm saying. You're trying to they're trying to mitigate this what the level of sacrifice is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hope understand. I hope they find a nice middle ground where Miles does have to realize that sometimes you're going to lose people and that the other people realize, hey, locking people in a cage and not giving them any free will is also not the way to go. Yeah. You know, there's a nice middle ground. And hopefully it's well done, yeah. Also, do you know the, the guys who wrote the movie or the guys who, like, did the Lego movie? Really? Yeah, and, like, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, they were, 21 Jump Street. Those are very different things. Yeah. Well, they they were supposed to do the Han Solo movie. And oh, then they got awesome. then they got fired. Oh, that after they already finished shooting it. That's not awesome. Yeah, they the can Star we Wars people about, were like, "Oh can, no, it's too weird." Can, no, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about the Han Solo movie came about, out a long time ago. <laughs> everybody hates. I want to talk about the art a bit more. More? We already talked about the no, art. We're just talking about how they took new things, but I really wanted to talk about how they like really changed like what specific specificity. Okay. That's what I care about. Go ahead. And I want to talk about there was they really did some really cool stuff with Gwen and like her and um her character and her father is what I meant. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Um just they because the way they did like emotions mm-hmm. was so interesting. Cause like we said before, they did take they they took a lot of more leaps of, of faith that all landed, I think. And that was just like making things look weird, but like they they made it to where you just feel so much more. 
So whenever Gwen was talking to her like father, there you could they started like slowly taking them out of where they are and like coloring over uh, each background and scenery. Yeah, it, was, it reminded me kind of like of how you paint with like stage lighting. You know, stage lighting often is is more uh, metaphorical than realistic. Does that make sense? No. Okay, if you're doing a sad scene, have you ever been in a play before? Have you ever done a theater? I have, but you said stage lighting is metaphorical. Metaphorical is the wrong word, <laughs> but you're it's abstract and not realistic. Yeah. So if somebody, but you're acting like you're confused about the initial thing that I said when I even mentioned stage lighting. You're uh, like, what does that even mean? I, no, I'm not. I wouldn't know what you mean. So if you're doing a sad scene in a play, you might make the lighting blue. be blue and purple. Yes, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. I understand. That's not because all of a sudden inside that person's house it's blue and purple. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times they did stuff like that. Yeah, and it was really cool because, like I said, they kept like slowly painting over it to the point where neither of them were in their houses anymore, and they were just like these colors. And they, they kept shooting it in a – shooting it in, a, in this weird – it was like something about it kind of felt just kind of a bit odd and like disconnected. And I feel like that was on purpose, like showing that there was some disconnection between the two characters, right? And like the breaking apart of it. And there was just a lot of really interesting stuff there. And then at the end, I'm sure there was some more reconnection, whatever they hug or whatever. Yeah, there was an, there was another scene that kind of stood out, and I can't remember what the, what it was, but um, it was a scene where it was, it was really emotional. And then like paint started like dripping from like everywhere, mm -hmm. and it was obviously supposed to be kind of like representing like tears, like yeah. someone crying. That's really cool. I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah, so they did a lot of really cool. And on top of that, just like com real artists composing really amazing shots that, you know, they already spend $350 billion or whatever on these Marvel live action movies. But to make a movie like this, would you would have to have such a tight hold on what your creative vision is and almost an infinite amount of money. Because mm -hmm. they're able to, they really use animation to do things that you cannot do yeah this the, and every it just everything just looked so gorgeous like i just loved just looking at this movie every every stylistic choice they made was awesome the way they did like framework not by framework i mean frames per second not mm -hmm. um like because they would they would do it to where they i remember they did something similar in the first movie but they would do things where the like the like miles would be going at like sixteen frames per second, mm -hmm. and then like the rest of the world would be going like thirty two frames per second, just to give it just to give it more of like a comic book right look. Or it was just everything was just so cool. And I know we haven't really gotten in a lot into plot here, and that's because like I said, it's half of a movie. But let's just say we only have about thirty seconds left. Um, essentially, you find out that this interdimensional squad of Spider Men, their whole job is not just to go stop villains from crashing to other worlds and killing people. Another part of their job is making sure that people don't get saved that are supposed to die. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty dark turn. Yeah. Um, 10 seconds. I'm going to give this movie a uh, 47 out of 50 uh, spider, radioactive spiders. God, that was so lame. Was cliche. So dumb. Spider-Man Cooper gives this movie, I think I'm going to, he's going to say 90, We'll just, just come on, come on, we're out of time. 90, oh my goodness, spider squadrons. I told you, it's hard to think of something. Out of uh, 98. All right, we're 15 seconds over, 20 seconds over. So that's our show. Until next time. Goodbye.
vanaf. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. 